0: We've been talking about uh, faith and that faith is mandatory. And just, you know, I, I've shared about faith you know all over the place, and so you can go and get online and find all kinds of different messages on faith from different places, and all of our messages on faith and those things are, are all over uh, our website, and, and you can go and check those out. But the three things that I really felt that, that to share and I didn't do it on purpose the speak what you expect. We speak the word, we speak His will, we speak what He says. And then to believe what he says, and today as we kind of move forward in, in, in what God has for us, it's, it's what that song said, to do his will in this earth his way. That, that our faith comes, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And if you want your faith, people say, I want my faith to grow. Well, then, then get into the word. Listen to the word. Meditate the word. Believe the word. But also act on the word. That we can believe all day long, and we can confess with our mouth all day long, but until we act on the word, there's something about that action in our life that activates the hand of God moving on our behalf. See, that action, the same word, action and act on, that when we act on God's word, it puts into action God's plan in our life in this earth. And so I would encourage you, we're going to talk a little bit about do what he says today, it's in John, it's in chapter 2, it's a message and a story probably that we've heard a million times. But it says on the third day, there was a wedding in in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not come. Now, I went and looked around trying to find a different version that didn't say woman to his mother. And so if you go to the Message Bible, in the Message Bible, it does say, mother, what need uh, do, do you have of I or whatever. So if you, if I mean, that's a little woman. Uh, I don't know that, I you know, woman, what's up with you? I, I don't know if I could do that, but... Um, he, he said that to his, his mama, and, and, and then his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. And that's not just a word, I think, for the servants that day in Cana. That's a word for us as the body of Christ. We said in Matthew 11.22, when we started speaking what we expect, Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. And we said, you know what, that's one of the easiest scriptures for us to memorize as believers, but it's one of the most difficult scriptures for us as believers to walk out for some reason, that to have faith in God, to trust him and to believe him like he speaks about in that passage, that beyond what we see and beyond what we experience and feel in this earth, in the natural, that we're supposed to have faith in him, that we're supposed to be able to speak past the mountain to cast it into the sea, that that to us sometimes is just, I just don't get it, but have faith in God, simple. And in this particular passage, it's real simple. Do whatever he says. And Pastor Bill in Peru years ago had, said, had, had, had shared this with the people who were there, and I've shared this over and over and over again. It's just stunning that when he asked the people who were there, how many of you know what God's telling you to do and you're not doing it? And, like, everybody raised their hand. And they said, well, how many of you, you know, God told you not to do something and you're still doing it? And they all raised their hand again. There's a disconnect here somewhere. And I won't ask you that question because, you know, we got the lights on bright here and everybody would be looking around thinking, what's wrong with you, Brad? But if I did ask, if I did ask you know, I, I think we would, you know, it, if God has told you to do something, why aren't you doing it? There are lots of reasons. We have all kinds of excuses. Don't I mean, we, we just, that over and over and over and over again. Do you do whatever he says? In this instance, the guys didn't question, it says. He said, gather all the pots, fill them with water. They filled them with water. Whatever, man, whatever you, whatever you say we're going to do. They take them to the master, and of course, it's wine. We know that. There's something in this action of doing whatever he says when it doesn't make any sense that puts his hand and, and, and his plan for your life in motion. A lot of people are waiting for God to move. And you know, as well as I do, God's just waiting for us to move. He's waiting for us to reach out. He's waiting for us to step out. He's waiting not for us to to get it mentally. He's not necessarily waiting for us to get it with our our voice and with our mouth. He's waiting for us to get it with who we are as human beings in living it out and acting on his word in this earth. You've seen it too. I mean, you've been like me, man. You, I, I, was, I was sharing with somebody the other night, you know, it just seems that when I finally come to the realization that God's word's true, that my mind's right, and I step out in it, God opens the door that I've been pounding on forever. That we think that really, we, could, we, we just, we just waiting. God, just show up, make a, make a move. If, if, you'll just, if you'll just open that door, I'll, I'll walk through it. But you gotta get to the door, you gotta be in that place faith grows faith grows in your life like your muscles grow right we've gone through this a lot of times i asked god you know what i've talked about muscles growing and muscles only grow when they're stretched and when they're torn and when they're tested and when they're put through great stress you can take and what he showed i said i need a new thing other than just the muscles growing through stress and pressure and ripping and tearing and all those things and 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 he, he said steroids I said, well, what does that have to do with anything? He said, well, you can inject yourself all day long with steroids, but it doesn't make your muscles bigger. You still have to tear, stretch, put stress on them. Now, though that's, those steroids will make your muscles grow bigger and faster and stronger if you push them physically, if you actually do something. That the word of God in your life, the meditation and the speaking of the word, that, that fact that he pours his anointing, on the inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit, speaking his will to our life. That's like spiritual steroids to our faith. But to activate what those things can do in our body and in this earth, we have to act on it. You can pump yourself full of steroids, get shots in the butt all day long. I'm telling you, if you don't lift a weight, it's not going to help you any. You're just going to end up with back acne and no hair and look horrible for no reason whatsoever. But if you'll actually, I mean, that's true, isn't it, Dan? I mean, that's what, you know, but but if you'll begin to do what you're, the reason you're doing it is to grow. I mean, you know, look at Dan. He's huge. He's he's roiding up. It's the roid rage, too. If you're not careful, his shirt will tear off and he'll get all. But see, that's what we want. We, We want the word in our life to be activated, and we want our faith to grow. Well, we have to act on it. There has to be action in that. James 1.22, right? Faith without works is dead. In James 2, he begins to go back and forth with this idea that, you know what, Abraham was, was, was righteous, and he was righteous because he believed, but did, but did faith bring works or did works bring faith? And he says again, you know, in, in, in chapter 2, faith without works is dead. Just like the body without the spirit, he says, in verse 26, is dead, so your faith without works... Is dead. That there has to be an action. That there has to be a movement. That there has to be a stepping out in faith for you. I don't know what that is. Maybe it is just saying, you know what, I'm going to bring this seed. I'm going to plant it in good ground. Maybe for you it is finally saying, you know what, today is the day that I start doing what he said. Maybe it's for you. Today is the day that I I stop doing. What he, what he said to stop doing. I think many times we, we don't realize that the, the strength and the courage, uh, we, we don't realize that's, that, is, that is important to us stepping out in him. We can meditate things and we can speak things, but it's in, it's, we have to have strength and we have to have courage. And you know, in Joshua chapter 1, the Lord was speaking to Joshua, and through Deuteronomy at the end, and Joshua 1, he spoke seven times to Joshua, you need strength and you need courage. In the New Testament, Paul began to talk about the fact that our weaknesses are made strong in his grace, that by his grace, we our strength comes. And the disciples in Acts begin to talk about boldness. So it's not a lot different than this strength and this this. Opportunity to be courageous that Joshua has in the New Testament, Paul says, "Listen, he's died on the cross, and because he has your your weaknesses can be made strengths, that you can be strong, and that you can be bold. You can have courage in this earth, that you can face these opportunities. That's all courage is facing difficult opportunities. It says without fear." It's the ability to stand up under pressure and stress and in difficult opportunities and difficult situations without fear. And I keep going back to that definition and saying, what is the big, what, without fear? I don't, to make courage in our life that's without fear, what is that? And then Second it's, it's Timothy 1, seven, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. That he tells Timothy, listen, you can be strong, you can be courageous, but you can't be walking in fear and be strong and courageous. Just as God reiterates to Joshua in chapter 1 as he begins to talk to him and tell him those things. Listen, I'm going to be with you, he says. In verse 5, he says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And that leave part, you know, if you go back and you begin to look at that and, and, and look at that word, it doesn't necessarily... It means in in the if you go back to, to the beginning and you look at the word, different versions say not just... I, I won't leave you, it says I won't fail you. But there's another part to this, that he'll never leave us, he'll never desert us. And that, that desert part, not like, you know, pie and, and whipped cream, but the deserting us or leaving us, that word, when, when I looked that up, it said to leave without intention of return, but it also meant to fail someone in time of need. And I'm headed to a place here because this is, this is, this is physical. This is an action. This is a moving out. But it does come from a mental and an oral part. That you do meditate, why do I meditate? So I understand and know what the word and the will of God is for my life. So that it becomes good and perfect and it begins to change me and transform me. Why do I speak these things out of my mouth? Because I'm creating and forming and speaking the things that do not exist as though they do. Why? So I can walk in that new realm. And the thing that keeps us, I think, from stepping out is fear. And for us, we need to understand. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, of love, and a sound mind. Joshua didn't have that scripture in Joshua chapter 1. So you know what God did? He kept telling him, I am with you. I am with you. What did he tell Moses? I am with you. What did he tell Abraham? I will be with you. What did he tell Gideon? I will be with you. Why? So they knew that he was with them. There is some. We act differently when we know somebody is with us who can take care of what we face. See, if we're walking along with somebody else that doesn't have a clue as to what's going on, then we both can stand here and say, I'm not sure about this. But if we walk next to somebody who knows the direction, who knows what to do, who has the different strengths needed to get it accomplished, who can follow through, we have a little bit more confidence, right, to walk with them. I talked a couple years ago about this thing called emotional object constancy. And it has to do with mothers and babies. And how can a little baby that's brought into this world be okay without its mama As it lays in its crib and as it begins to grow, when all it knows is the physical part of being with mama in the womb. Well, there is a bond that's made between baby and mama over thousands of these interactions between baby and mama. That as they feed and as they goo and coo and change diapers and hug and hold and sleep and do all of those things, the baby begins to get a sense of well-being. The baby begins to understand that they're they're going to be okay aside from the physical presence of their mother. They learn that through this time together so that when they're not together, the baby's okay. We screw that up many times because we don't want the baby to be okay. But for us, see... It's, it works a little bit the same way. We're not in his physical presence in this place, but, but we we feel differently in the physical presence. But do you feel the same when you're not in this place? Do you feel the same when you walk out of your house after you've prayed, after you've sat at your kitchen table or or in your on your couch or on your deck or wherever you sit in here, God? When you walk away from those places, do you understand and know that he is with you? Just like you do in that place, because we attach a lot of we attach a lot of our, we attach a lot of our, our feelings and things to, to physical stuff. We attach it to, to a place. I mean, you could probably go back in your head and I mean, I remember the place where God God called me to be a pastor. I mean, I, 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 I know the place. I could go back there today and I could stand in the same spot. I know the place. but that didn't change when I left that. I don't have to go stand in that spot. God's with me here. And he's been with me since the time I left that spot to the time I came to this spot. We tie all of our stuff to a song. That's a physical thing. I mean, that's, we tie our stuff to a message, or we tie our stuff to a video, or we tie our stuff, we tie our stuff to physical things. And the idea with this, this emotional object constancy idea is that the baby is okay aside from or not in the physical presence of the mother that the baby has a sense of well-being and understanding who they are. I know, it's like, what, what does all this mean? If We have to get to that point that we understand and know the guy who knows what's going on, who's stronger than us, he's with us, and so we can step out without fear, just like we would if we had the biggest guy in the room walking through the worst part of town. You go to a bad spot in town, and I think, man, I wish my cousin was here because he's a cop. Right? I mean, like Rodney, you know, he's got his car, he's got his guns, he's got his trunk full of, Doomsday devices that whatever whatever may happen get to Rodney's trunk. Um, and I would feel safe. But it says that God will protect me, that his angels watch over me, and that his presence resides in me so that I can walk through that place. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That you don't have to be afraid. That I don't have to be afraid. And he said, well, why, what, is, what is the problem? 40% of adults feel alone. It, it was, uh, I just, uh, last night I began to look up this idea of loneliness and, and this, what does it mean? Why, why are you saying this emotional object constancy thing to me? I mean, it doesn't, because you have to know I'm with you. You have to understand that you're not alone. I said, why? Look up Loneliness. So I began to look up loneliness, and in the last 20 years, it's gone from 20% to 40%, but the population in the world has grown. There have never been more people on the earth, on the planet, but yet in this country, there's never been more people that feel alone. Why? Because we don't understand that it's not a physical presence thing. It's an understanding and knowing who God is in us thing. That he is with us, and we are not alone that we can be by ourselves, but we're not alone. We t- see, we tie things to people. We tie things to physical stuff. This isn't a, this isn't a physical. He tells us you're not fighting the, the, the right fight. You need to fight a spiritual fight. That's a different realm. His principles that are in the word, when Jesus came, he began to explain them to us. Began to explain them to the disciples and the people in the land. And it was, they, were, they were like out of left field and crazy. Why? Because he's telling us and he's showing us and he's trying to let everybody know. This is how the kingdom of God operates. It's different than the way it operates here. Why? Because we're different. And then he says, I die on the cross and I go to be with the Father and I send the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you. Why? So you can be different too. So that you'll never be alone, that you'll never have to be afraid, that you'll always have me with you, and you'll be able to walk in whatever I tell you to do. In, 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 my, in my world and in my, my life, I, sometimes I, 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 you know, shrink back when God says step out. We tend, to, we tend to shrink back first, duck for cover, be like good kids, right? Look both ways before we step out into the street, because that's what we're taught as little people. But we keep looking both ways. <laughs> and there's not a soul on the road, but we keep looking both, there might be. I know as soon as I walk out here, a bus is gonna clip me and take me out. So instead of stepping out, instead of stretching out, sometimes I have a tendency to, to, to hold back and to wait. And then we say stuff like, God, if you just push me out there, <laughs> I'll be all right. He's not gonna push you out there. He's basically spiritually set up a little lemonade stand right there where you're sitting. He's just sitting there waiting. Whenever you're ready, we'll pack up and go across. In Exodus chapter 14, Moses found himself in a quite a difficult situation. See, this stepping, I don't I don't want to I don't want to to say that there's not an opportunity to be afraid because as God leads you into this, there's a mentality, right? And there's, there's the oral part of this that begins to build, our, build that courage on the inside of us to, to step out. But that, be, why does it have to be that way? Because what's out there is beyond you. It's beyond your ability. It's beyond what you can do. It's beyond what you can see. It's probably beyond what, what you could imagine happening in your life. So that's that's that miracle space in between I can't and I can. I know I can't, but the Word of God says that I can in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so when Moses stands here in this place, and God begins to tell him what to do, he's got a Red Sea in front of him, he's got Pharaoh's army behind him, and he's got all of his people grumbling and complaining, and everybody upset because now we're stuck in this place, and we've come all the way out here, and we've done all of these things to die. And God tells him, lift up your rod and stretch out your hands. It's physical. It's actions. It's doing. Now, there's there's growth in this, right? The steroids. there's, There's steps in this. God said to him way back in the beginning, remember we talked about it last week, throw down your rod And pick up your rod. Why does he do that? Because he says, listen, I'm with you, and this is the power that resides on the inside of you. That as I speak to you, and you act on that thing, things happen. So when now he's come to this point where he's standing between a rock and a hard place... And God speaks to him, lift up your rod and stretch out your hands. He has the confidence over all of the plagues. He has the confidence over that beginning part where he didn't think he could do it. And now he understands and realizes, hey, it's not me, it's God anyway. And I'm going to lift up my rod and I'm going to stretch out my hands. And it says when he does, all of a sudden the waters do what? They part. And the people or the children of Israel walk across on dry land. I've said it before and shared it. Who wants to be the first guy that walks out there? Me? Why? Because I don't have any fear. If God just did a miracle to part the waters, do we think that God's going to pour the waters over the top of us if we walk out into them? Many times believers cry out to God, open up the door and make a way for me. And you get to the river and you open up your hands and you begin to stretch out. Because we've gone this direction, right? We've stretched, but then we stopped and we shrunk back. That Moses reaches his hands out and the water's part and now the people have to walk through the water. if you watch the Bible series on History Channel, uh, I think it was in the spring or wherever that was, uh, they did a great job of kind of depicting the water being uh, on the left and on the right as they as they walked through. you have stretched, but then sometimes we stop stretching. And we shrink back. I've shared this story plenty of times. I used to be able to touch my toes, put my palms on the floor. But as soon as I st- it took a lot to do that. I started off being able to touch my knees. And then my shins. And every new, every new, you know. I, I didn't, you know, people, you put weight on my back. I mean, I just, that's all I could do. But as I, as I felt like I was going to explode, as I felt like my hamstrings would blow out, as I felt like I wasn't going to make it another half inch, I I would push myself past those places and I would stretch and I would stretch and I would stretch to the point where I could touch the floor. And then it was like my fingers actually touch my toes. They actually, if I wiggle them and I really stretch them out, I can touch the floor. It feels like there's a fire going on in the back of my legs. And I'm going to die and that's all there is. They're going to have to drag me out of here, put me in a chair and push me around my whole life. I'm not made to do this. Yes, you are made to do that. (laughs) You just haven't. See, yes, you are made to do that, but you just haven't. And so I began, I mean, I made it a goal, like, okay, God didn't say, I want you to touch the floor. I mean, that wasn't like, but on the inside of me, that became my that became the thing that I began to see. And I mean, that was it, man, I'm gonna do this. I'm going, I am going to get down there and be able to touch the floor. And you had to push through the hurt, you had to push through the pain, you had to push through all the difficulty and all those things. But eventually my fingers touched the floor and then my knuckles and then the outside knuckles and then I could put my palms on the floor. It was fantastic. But you know what I did? I stopped doing that. And now I'm back to the knees. (laughs) Burning right there. I mean, back in high school that happened. Then when I started running, I started stretching again. And you know what? Eventually, I started getting down to the floor again. And then I stopped. And now I'm back to the knees. And we have a lot of yo-yo believers that have stretched out, but then kind of fallen back that one time maybe you were a person who didn't just meditate the word didn't just speak the word but man you you were you were brave you were courageous you were full of strength you realized that he was with you and there was nothing that you couldn't conquer with him because he was in you is greater than he was in the world and out you went and you took over everything that god told you to take over just like the children of israel did as they moved in there and you you did you conquered and nobody came against you and you were standing and you were i mean things were changing and you were given and god was given back and you were you were pouring it out and god was opening the windows of heaven, pouring and pouring out blood. you you mean you were stepping out in faith and god's healing your body and your family and all it's all in this action All of a sudden, something comes along your path, and you either think, I can't do that, and you stop. You get tired and weary, right? That's why he tells us in Galatians, don't get weary in well-doing. You become fearful all of a sudden because you take your eyes or your focus off of him onto this thing, whatever it is. And all of a sudden now, what we used to be able to do, we, we we don't even go there anymore. Many believers have just kind of shut themselves up faith wise into their own little place where we don't step out anymore. If we don't continue to stretch, if we don't continue to reach out. That's why I love the Joshua, I mean I go back and I read that chapter that, that book I love that part. Because this is a new group of people who are who are who are coming up who said, You know what? We we are done wandering in the wilderness. And Joshua was raised and he was put in this place because he stayed in God's presence all the time that God was able to tell him, listen, you understand and know my presence, son. Moses is dead. I'm not with him anymore. I'm with you. And now you're going to go across this river and take all these people into the promised land to fulfill this thing that I've been talking about ever since the beginning. And so he kind of, I'm sure, paces back and forth a few times and tells himself that's the truth. Because when you finally get to the end of chapter 1, then the people tell him, just be strong and courageous. We're with you. It doesn't say his voice cracked when he told him. It says that he stood up and he told him this is what's going to happen. And they said, we're with you, but you be strong and courageous. And Joshua 1.8. I mean, this is, the, this is the culmination of that scripture. That if we meditate the word of God, if we speak the word, if we meditate the word and we act on the word, we will be blessed and we'll make our way prosperous. We'll make our way prosperous. We'll have good success. There's prosperity and success out there for each one of us. But you have to dip your toes in the water. You have to be the one who steps out. And Moses raised his hands and the waters parted. But when they got to Joshua in chapter 3... He sent the presence of God out before them because he said you haven't been this way before. But follow me. I know where I'm going. You're not alone. He's with you. The anointing of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to you in the instant and in the moment where you're not sure what to do exists. That when he speaks to you in that way, Put your toes in. He sends the priests out into the water with the ark, carrying the presence. And the first guy in line, it says, when, he, when the sole of his foot hit the water, the waters were held back. He didn't tell them what was going to happen. He said, walk out there. These, these guys are the first guys in there. They walk out, and the thing gets held back, and across everybody goes. But again, what if they balk? Well, head back around the mountain a few times. Maybe there's a bridge. This is us. Maybe there's a bridge down the road. Maybe if I go far enough to the left or far enough to the right, maybe if I go far enough down here, there'll be an easier way. There'll be an opportunity for me over here, or there might be a chance over here that if I, you know what, all I see before me is, is a mountain. All I see before me is this water, and I know you've said to follow you, and this is where you're leading me and guiding me, but surely there's an easier way, God. Surely if I go over here, or surely if I move this direction over here, it'll be easier for me to accomplish this and to see this happen in my life, and God says, no, I want you Right, All we do then is wander around the mountain And grow tired And weary And he says no just step right out in it Right where you are Right where you're standing Follow the presence of God And I'll part the waters Our thing is I'll wait till payday If I could just wait till my kids are grown If I could just wait till I have kids If I just had a car I'll wait until I pay off my car if I feel better We have all of these reasons why In my life I, I, ha- I had to come to a place and a point Just like you do, I do, we all do where, where we let go of the thing that makes us stop In my life I was waiting for life to happen In my life, does that make sense? You know I just kept thinking Surely the thing that, that I need Or surely the thing that God's going to do Is going to happen tomorrow And I, I have all these obstacles and these problems And this stuff that seem to stand between me And what God has for me So in my life I'll just keep trying to survive in this life Until, until I, I, these things all go away And I can, I can what I realized was You know what, that was my life And that if I didn't step out in faith If I didn't walk out into it There would always be Another reason why not There's always Another reason why you can't There's always another reason Why you won't There's always another one But there's a great reason why you can Because he's with you He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. I always thought life was about to begin. Like I know any moment God's going to... It's going to happen. It's going to start. Well, I'm 29 years old. I'm 34 years old. I'm 38 years old. And I'm thinking, God, I know any minute life's going to start. Hey! You just live life for 15 years. What have you missed? See, we come, we come to the, that, that place where we say... And you may be here today and say, man, I'm not even, I'm just, I'm just like here. As we close, there's this story in Matthew chapter 12. And I just encourage you, let go of what makes you stop and stretch out into what God has for you. to That miracle space, that space between what you can't and what you can. That place where he is. That there's action. I'm not talking about mental. I'm not talking about speaking it. We've already done those two things. I'm talking about doing it. Maybe you're like, you know, I, the men's advance sounds like a great time, but, you know, I just, I'm too busy. I don't have the money. I'm too busy. It's, it doesn't, I don't want to go that. That's not my style. It's not my speed. You think, I hate camping. I don't like the woods. Okay, It's not my thing. Alright, I, I, I you sit by the campfire, you smell like smoke. It's just not my gig. It's really pretty. It's all great in theory. But to but to I I get you know, I mean it just looks so cool, you know. I mean like, oh man, you know you sleep in a tent. We don't sleep in tents, by the way, but you know, I mean like, yeah, you know, oh, that's, that's not my thing. But but I know that God has something for me there, so I'm going to step out. I'm I'm gonna go. And you know what? For for all the years that we've done it. We had a gap where we didn't do it, but for all the years before that and the ones that we did last year and the one we are going to do this year, I'm telling you, every time I stepped out into it, God met me there with something. God did something in my life. God changed something. A door unlocked. Something happened. He spoke. I don't know what it is for you. But in Matthew chapter 12, there's a story of a man with a withered hand. It's verses 9 through 14. And the thing that, that gets me in this story is this guy was just sitting there. He wasn't necessarily the guy who, who was screaming on the side of the road like blind Bartimaeus, heal me, heal me, heal me. It says that he was talking to the, to, the, to the scribes, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Jesus was. And they were trying to trick him because it was the Sabbath. And you're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath. So here this guy sat and he's just watching this whole thing go on. And Jesus, to make his point to these people, turns to the guy and says, Stretch out your hand. Me? But it's the Sabbath But I've never seen this happen before But surely you can't be talking to me I've I've tried everything I've been to the doctor They've just told me it's just going to be withered I mean I'm just going to be like this forever Look dude I was just here just, Just watching I'm just you just you came here Well Jesus is here Stretch out your hand Stretch out your hand So these, you know, who knows how many thoughts go through his head in the moment, but it says he stretched out his hand and it said it became whole. Woo! Glad I was there that day. But more importantly, I'm glad I stretched out my hand. A lot of believers are there that day. But not a lot of believers stretch out their hand. Stretch out today.
1: Amen? We hope this message encouraged you. Victory Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at VictoryLafayette.org.